0: Good morning,
1: High Desert Word Center. How's everybody doing today? Amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. Somebody say amen today. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is the greatest day in the history of the world that we are celebrating right now there's a lot of days we love we love birthdays and the 4th of July and and I I love Christmas but no day tops resurrection Sunday because Jesus Christ was dead for 3 days but he didn't stay dead he came back to life and now me and you we get to go to heaven someday if we receive that somebody give the Lord some praise today come on Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we welcome you with us, everybody here and everybody watching online. We're glad that you chose to worship with us today. We are going to have an absolutely incredible, powerful time. The kids are all next door, and uh, they're going to have an egg hunt. They're going to have prizes and candy and games and all that fun stuff, and they're going to learn about Jesus resurrecting, so that's the most important part, but we're going to have a great time here today. Could you stand up with me for just a minute today? We're going to stand up together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We always open up our service by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because it doesn't take a a rocket scientist to figure out America needs Jesus, amen. We need to see a turnaround in the United States of America. And so we don't just sit by and, and, and wish that things would get better. We are proactive and we every week speak words of faith over the united states and that's what we're going to do right now so these words are going to be on the screen speak this out with me father we come to you in jesus name and in unity we confess that jesus christ is lord over the united states of america we declare that righteousness mercy justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. You may be seated. You may be seated, all right. Now, I'm going to let my lovely wife, Miss Katie, give you a little bit of instructions on what we're doing with the kids today and how you can pick them up after service and stuff like that. Don't try to leave your kids, okay? I know some people are like, here's our chance. Drop the kids and split. Don't do that, all right? We want to give them back to you. We love them, but we want to give them back.
2: Well, you have good plans for them today, so that's good to keep your kids with you. So parents, children's church on a Sunday morning, how do we feel about that? Yes, Jesus. Okay, so you get to enjoy this service minus a bunch of crowns under your feet. I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm really excited. And they're going to have a great time, so that's even better. So this morning, you should have been given a guardian sticker. And then two stickers for your children or students. And so those two stickers go with them. One goes on them and one goes to the teacher. And you have a guardian sticker. On that guardian sticker, there are some numbers next to each of your children. So those numbers, if they appear on the screen, You need to proceed to that classroom to pick them up or deal with whatever's going on. So if they have a situation or an injury, especially the nursery kids, if they have an issue with crying too long or what have you, they're going to give you a call just to make sure that everything's okay and that it gets handled how you want it handled. So number next to their name, if it appears on the screen, you're going to go to their classroom. After service, you're going to take that sticker with you to the classroom that you drop them off at to pick them up. Here's the tricky part. Are you listening? If you have more than one child on that guardian sticker, do not hand the sticker to the teacher when you pick up, show it to them, but keep it because you're going to need it for the next classroom. So with your last kid, you can trash it, but You know, the first couple, you need to just show it to them when you pick up. So, up the stairs and on this side is nursery, up the stairs and on this side is preschool and kindergarten, and out the back door, the building behind us is first through fifth grades. So, if you need help with that, any one of the ushers wearing a gray shirt. I hope that you didn't wear a gray shirt and some colorful tie today because you're going to look like an usher. So get some answers if you don't have them already. But the ushers will be able to help you if you need directions in where your children are at. But those numbers are kind of key at the end of service during pick up.
1: All right. So there you go. Lots of instructions for you. But we want to take care of our kids. That's our number one thing right now. Okay. Now, speaking of kids, uh, usually we have a, a children's Sunday Easter performance and you know we didn't quite get to that this year just because of some things not fully open just yet but instead of that I did want to take a few minutes to kind of uh, look at the Easter story through the eyes of children and so what I've got here is a quick little two-minute video of kids telling the Easter story and I think it'll kind of put a positive light-hearted spin on some things for us so let's look at this kids telling the Easter story go ahead
3: After Jesus died, they put his body into a tomb. The soldiers rolled a huge stone in front of it. They said, there, that should do it. We don't want anyone stealing Jesus' body. So then three days later, Mary came to the tomb. That huge stone was rolled away. Mary looked in the tomb. There were two angels in the tomb. Mary was frightened. She said, ah! (laughs) She said, what are you guys doing here? One of the angels said, don't be afraid, Mary. And Mary said, where's Jesus? And then another angel said, He is risen, just like he had said. She said, well, then, where is he? We don't know because he is risen. Why don't you go find him? Okay, but do you know the way that he has risen so I can go find him in that spot? Uh, Well, we don't know because we didn't see him (laughs) rice <laughs> and Mary says well I'll go look for him all around the town and the says okay well go look for him so Mary's in a big hurry and he she bends into a guy Mary says I'm sorry and the guy says it's okay and Mary says, i'm looking for jesus and the guy says mary and mary says jesus you are alive you have risen just like you have said can i say the
4: end
3: yeah the end
1: Amen. All right, well, we do love our kids around here, and we want to bless them today. They're going to have a good time next door, and we're going to have a great time over here. All right, we want to welcome a very important and special group of people today. We want to welcome you. If this is your first time, or maybe your first time in a long time, we want to welcome you. If you could raise your hand. We have a welcome team here in each section. They have a little welcome packet they want to give you, and also there's an info card there. If you would fill that out for us, just raise your hand if it's your first time, first time in a long time, all right? Very good. Let's welcome these guys, everybody. Give them a great big hand clap this morning. Amen. Now, there's an info card there. If you would fill that out, and after the service, take it right back there. That's our bookstore area right back there. Our welcome team will be there after the service. They have a gift card for you to a local place. They've got a gift card that they want to give you. So if you could turn that info card in, we want to bless you, and we want to welcome you to the family. Thank you for being with us tonight. Praise God. And I'm going to let Miss Katie finish off the announcements here, and then we're going to have a great time together. Amen? Okay.
2: We're going to worship Jesus. And then after service, you're going to spend the day with your family. And if you don't have family to spend it with, find some here. That's what we do here is family. So there's no PM service tonight. And then we'll see you again on Wednesday. But next Sunday, our pastor's pastor, Dr. Mark Barclay, will be here with us. So don't miss next Sunday morning.
1: Amen. That's a very important next Sunday morning. And, uh. The following week, all right, Dr. Barclay will be here on Sunday, but then starting that Tuesday through Friday is the annual Holy Spirit Conference down in Vista, right by Oceanside, California, and a whole bunch of people from the church are going. We've got some info cards on the back welcome table uh, regarding information for the week, uh, hotels and different stuff like that, the service times, the child care information, and so if you want to be involved with that, it's going to be an awesome, awesome t- time for the full week. Some people go a day or two. Some people go the full week. Whatever it works for your schedule is fine, but you will be blessed and have an awesome time if you can make it. And if you have any questions, just see one of us. We'll give you more info. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Happy time. That's right. And people are like, well, what's happy time? That's when we do our tithes and offerings, and we call it happy time because the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So we're cheerful givers, amen? And we are blessed because of it, all right? Pastor, go ahead and take away the offering here.
0: Hallelujah. He is risen.
4: He is risen.
0: Amen. amen. Jesus has risen and he came for us to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows, he said. Amen. Well, it's happy time. Times and offerings take care of the local church, do what God wants us to do. So hold up your happy envelope for your tithes or for your offerings. And I should be glad to serve you with that. And I, w- I want to look at the Bible, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And if you follow our scripture studies we do every month, that's where that happens to be the chapter we were in this morning. Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to be looking at verse 31, 32, and 33, and, you know, as, as we read this passage, we have, we have to realize that Jesus didn't just die for our sins, but Jesus broke the power of the devil over mankind, and we, we, we as Christians have to know what the Bible says, how to live, and what to do to be able to receive the blessings of God. And so in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about natural things, how God wants to take care of us in the natural world with our health care, our income, bills, houses, cars, clothes, everything we need to get along in life. And I want to tell you something. uh, You don't have to be very spiritual to know that our country right now is in trouble and there's lots of, quote, free money going around to help a lot of people do things. But what happens if all of a sudden that free money's not there anymore? And so what I'm saying is this, as we look at these verses here, you need to learn how to shift your faith from things in this world to Jesus to be the one to take care of you. And then if something happens where natural things are shut off, I remember the children of Israel, if you studied about Moses going through the wilderness, they needed water, and God got them water out of a rock. They needed food, and God had birds fly the food in. And so, you know, that might sound really sp- spooky and things like that, but if you've ever st- studied the history of the United States, there have been times when we went through financial crashes before, and when things happened, you got to be prepared for it. And so because we live in two worlds, we live in a spiritual world, we live in a natural world. And so things from the spirit in the spiritual realm determine what happens in the natural world. And so Matthew chapter 6, i want to read these verses to you and just kind of sharpen up your focus for the times we live in. Verse 31, Jesus said, Therefore take no thought, no anxious thought, not worrying, about what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink, wherefore shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, or you talking about the non-church people, the unsaved people, go for all these different things in the world, said your heavenly father knows that you have need of all these things and I want to say it again right now things look really good and rosy out there but if something happens they don't look this good down the road how you live now what you do now is going to determine how, how much you're able to see from heaven down the road he says your father knows what things you have need of but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, seek ye first. And what that said, real simple, if you're not already, make an adjustment to putting God first in your life. Make an adjustment to putting Jesus first in your life. In in other words, uh, number number one, you want to give your heart to Jesus. You want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And then number two, you need to start coming to church regularly. You know, whether it's this church or another church, or wherever you're at, you need to start putting God first, letting him know that you love him first before you do all these other things. And then Jesus said, all these things will be added unto you. All these things. And you know, Jesus didn't use words lightly, he said things. What was the things he talked about? Food, clothing, education, transportation, everything it takes to enjoy this life, Jesus said, Put God first, and these things will come unto you. Amen? And so I just want to leave that with you. As we as we, as we as we, pay tithes to God, we give offerings to things we do in life. God's watching all that we do. And because he's a God that wants people to have faith, it takes faith to give. But then at the same time, it takes faith to receive. And so as we're people that love Jesus more than we love anything else in this world, As long as we put him first, he's going to be able to get to us what we need when we need it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's make our financial faith confession. And when we say these words, these words were written out of Bible principles. And Jesus taught us faith works by what we believe and what we say. And so all these different little phrases and words we have in this financial faith confession, just believe that's for you. And as you go through this life, good things are going to come to you. Amen? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raising bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give gifts in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: All right. When you're done dropping off your tithes and offerings, join us at your seats. Stand up for praise and worship. Let's worship our King today. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. our king Jesus. G-
1: Hallelujah! what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus there's no name like it my name doesn't have any power in it it doesn't mean anything your name's not powerful as much as we love you but the name of Jesus is the name above all names at the name of Jesus darkness has to flee at the name of Jesus sickness has to flee at the name of Jesus Satan has to flee addictions are broken depression is gone at the name of Jesus. Everything's okay. Lord Jesus, we love you today. And God, we want to lift up your name. We want to celebrate, Lord. We want to celebrate this day just like our team just won the Super Bowl. We want to celebrate this day like, like we just won the World Series because this is even better. Jesus Christ was dead, but he didn't stay dead. He came back to life. And now I get to go to heaven. I don't have to be afraid of death anymore. I don't have to be afraid of this world anymore because Jesus came back to life. He is risen. Somebody give God some praise today. Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's alive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you paid my price. I should have been the one dying. I should have been the one on that cross. I should have been the one getting beaten for all the stupid things I've done. But Jesus, you did it for me so I wouldn't have to. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate you today. And we'll be loud. We don't care who it offends. We'll make some noise. We will celebrate you in a great big way because you deserve every last bit of it. We love you, Jesus. And today is your day. We celebrate you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord one more shout of praise? That's not going to hurt anybody. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is the greatest day in the history of the world. Amen. You may be seated today. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, who's glad to be in the house of the Lord on Resurrection Sunday? Amen. This is a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. And and I've said it several times, but I'll probably keep saying it. There's no greater day than this. I mean, I, I don't see how people, if you're a born again Christian, how you can Contain yourself on a day like today. You know, I, back when I was a lot more into sports, I remember if my team won the big game, I was actually, okay, I'm a Colts fan football wise. I was in college in Oklahoma and they finally beat the New England Patriots, all right? And I ripped my shirt off and ran around the parking lot of my apartment complex and my wife was like, Dear God, what's that fool doing now? But I didn't care because we finally beat the big one. And I'm telling you right now that today is the day. That Jesus came back to life. Whatever it is that has held you back. Whatever it is that has messed with your life. Today is the day that you win. Today is the day that you've got victory. Today is the day to be a little bit excited. Because Jesus didn't just die on the cross. We celebrate that. That happened on Friday. But Sunday morning, Jesus came back to life. And that's the best news that I've ever heard Ever. Amen. Well, praise God. We're gonna have a great time today. And uh, you know, today we're gonna tell a little bit of the Easter story. Uh the Easter story, if you're familiar with it, maybe not. Uh, you know, I just watched last night this great movie called Son of God, and, and that kind of fired me up a little bit more. My kids are really getting into it, but the Easter story is a story of deliverance and freedom. And that's the, the title today. You'll see that on the screen there. The, the title today is Deliverance and Freedom, because the story that we're celebrating today, I mean, there's so many angles. There's so many aspects that, that this encompasses. It, it, it's really difficult to, to fully cover the entire Easter resurrection story in one day. I mean, there's so much that happened on that day, but one angle, one avenue that I'm really looking at today is the, the the story of deliverance and freedom. Now, maybe you've never seen it told that way before, but every single person in this room and every single person that's ever been born has been held captive by something or someone, and you're like, well, hey, no, no one's ever had me, no one's, nothing's ever got a hold of me, I promise you, there has been a war to get your soul since the moment that you were born, and whether you realize it or not, and, and there's some people, I say that, and they easily identify, they're like, yeah, man, I remember addiction tried to get me, or, or, or anger tried to get me, or hatred, and they can identify it, but then there's another group of people that they just sit there, and they're like, man, no there's no war against me. I'm good, man. I've got money. I've got what I need. I don't know what you're talking about, and it's a lot more dangerous to be in trouble and not know it than it is for the person that can easily say, well, you know, hey, yeah, I've messed up, and I need some help right now. I heard this story about this lady was watching the six o'clock evening news, and, and as she's watching it, there's helicopters over the freeway, and, and, and the police, there's a guy driving the complete wrong way against the rush hour traffic on the 405 freeway right at rush hour. And she's like, wait a minute, that's the road my husband drives every day. He's probably on there right now. So she calls her husband and she's like, honey, get off the road. There's some maniac driving the wrong way in traffic on the 405 right now. And he's like, tell me about it. It's not just one. There's thousands of them. So sometimes... Thank you, Doug. I needed that. Thank you. So listen, listen to me. Sometimes it's more dangerous to be the one that you don't even know that you're wrong. You don't even know that you're in danger, but you really, really are. And so the story of Easter, the story of the resurrection, it's so beautiful because I don't have to be owned by the devil anymore. Fear doesn't have to own me anymore. Depression and anxiety and stress and poverty and sickness don't have to own me anymore. Jesus owns me because I gave my life to him, and I'm letting him call the shots, and it's a wild ride, but man, is it worth it. (laughs) And so one thing you'll find out around here is we believe that in this life right now, you don't have to be depressed you don't have to be sick. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be messed up. And, and, you know, I mean, some people are like, yeah, we'll get victory someday on the other side. When we get to heaven, then it'll be okay. But when I saw Jesus pray, he said, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to live on in hell on earth until you get to heaven. You can have some victory right now in 2021. Because Jesus Christ paid the price for my stupidity, for my sin, for my mistakes. Jesus paid the price and he made a way for me to be victorious when I get to heaven, thank God, but also in this life right here. And so I'm going to open up in prayer and we're going to dig into the word of God today. And I I challenge you, I encourage you to follow along the best you can. And I believe that God is going to speak to you today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you that you want to speak to us today. You want to get our attention. You want to you tell us something today. And so, God, I pray that we would have ears to hear in the name of Jesus what it is you're trying to say. And we thank you that you're changing our lives today. And we will never, ever, ever be the same after this day in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? And so we're going to look at three things today. That Jesus has set us free from. Now, as I sat down to kind of compile the list of this, I started writing and writing. And literally, and I mean minutes, you could come up with hundreds of things that Jesus has set you free from. Because the list is endless. But for the sake of time, we've narrowed it down to three. So, follow along the best you can. Things that he has set me free from. Number one, my past. Number one, Jesus has set me free from my past. He has set us free from our past. Now, one thing we all have in common in here, maybe, you know, we've got some things in common, some things we're different on, but one thing that we all have in common is everybody in here has a past, right? I mean, unless you were just born five minutes ago, you've got some sort of a past. Now, some people, maybe you've got a really good past and you've just had this excellent, wonderful, rosy life. We're super happy for you. God bless you. Maybe some people have had, you know, a mediocre, like, yeah, my life's been okay. Maybe some people have a past that they aren't so proud of. But no matter what it is, we all have a past, and, and we all carry that with us, all right? And so maybe in your past, people have done some bad things to you that you did not deserve. That's possible. Maybe you've had some difficulties that, I mean, it wasn't even your fault. It just happened. Or maybe, on the other hand, if you were to be honest with yourself, you'd say, well, you know, I'm kind of the one that's made things difficult on some other people. I've harmed people in my past, and I regret it now. And, and and either way, no matter what it is, you're here right now, and we all have a past. But the good news is, because of Jesus, my past is not what defines me anymore. If I used to be addicted to drugs, you know what? Forget it. That was my past. I'm a new person now because of Jesus Christ. If I used to be bound by anger and rage and fighting and malice and, and hatred and all this stuff, I don't have to be that way anymore because of Jesus Christ. Look at a verse with me this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen. Who's glad that Jesus made a way for you so you don't have to be tied? to your past anymore. 2 Corinthians 5 and we're going to look here at verse 17. If you receive Jesus, you are a brand new person. Now, sometimes in our mind it's hard to comprehend that because it's pretty hard sometimes in this life to get a second chance. People, you know, well, you know, you burned that bridge. We aren't trusting you anymore or hey, we know what you did back then, and people will hold it against you. But thank God Jesus isn't like everybody else. And so 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Can somebody say new? If you're in Christ, if you are in Christ, you are a new creature. Creature, the old has passed away and all things have become new. When we receive Jesus, we become a brand new person. Now, you may look the same on the outside. You may go and tell people, hey man, I just gave my life to the Lord. I'm a new person. And they're like, you don't look any different to me. You look at the exact same dude that was at work on Friday and now you're here on Monday and you say, I don't see anything different about you. And hey, man, that, that, you're, that doesn't mean on the outside you're going to change. It means on the inside you're a brand. If they could see you now on the inside, it would shock people that you are a brand new person. The past is gone, and you only have the future to look forward to if you'll give it to Jesus. Now, it may take some time for people to see that you're actually different, and there may be a time period where hey, you've got to build some trust. You've got to kind of prove some things i think about the apostle paul uh he if you know anything about the apostle paul he was a pretty rough dude before he became a christian in fact he thought it was his life calling and mission to get christians arrested to have them beaten and in some cases even have them killed he was a maniac nearly a terrorist that hated christians with every fiber of his being and then one day the Lord Jesus appears to him, and he's like, man, why have you been messing with me? Why are you persecuting me, Saul? That was his name at the time. He's like, I've never done anything to you. Leave me alone. He's like, hey, when you're messing with all my people, you're messing with me, and I don't like it. He's like, okay, my bad. Hey." And so he gives his life. Paul, the man that tortured the followers of Jesus, that tortured Christians, now becomes one of us. But here's the deal. When he started wanting to go around the Christians, like, hey, guys, I'm one of you now. They're like, "Uh, this is a setup. No. (laughs) I was born at night, not last night. I don't trust you, man. Get away. You're not welcome in this church. You're not welcome with us. We know what this is. Well, you, you beat my cousin up. You killed my grandpa. I don't want nothing to do with you. It took a period of time before people, before Christians trusted him. But believe me. There was a change on the inside of that man. He went from being the most fierce Christian hater in the world to being the most powerful Christian in the world. And God used him. And so what I'm telling you today is this, is maybe you've got a past that you just aren't, frankly, that proud of and you're a little bit ashamed of. But listen, because of Jesus Christ, that's not you anymore. That's not you. You are a brand new creation if. You receive Jesus, and if you give it to him. I want to show you another verse. Amen. You can give God some praise. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, because I need you to see something about God's forgiveness. When God forgives, he does it in a whole different way than what humans do. You ever had somebody tell you, yeah, I forgive you, and then they bring it up again? Wait a minute. I thought you forgave me. I I do, but I'm just letting you know, I will never forget. Man, what kind of forgiveness is that? Keep it. And so listen, God is not like people. Jesus, his his definition of forgiveness is a whole lot better than people's. And so Isaiah 43 and verse 25, and this is one of my favorite verses. This is beautiful and powerful. The Lord says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, And will never think of them again. Come on, somebody. (laughs) He says, I will forgive you. I will blot out. I will totally erase your sins for my own sake. And I will never think of them again. That's forgiveness right there. People, they again, they say, I forgive you. Then they keep bringing it up again. That's not forgiveness. That's some fake, phony version of it. But Jesus says, hey, when I forgive, I forget. I will never bring it up again. And so listen, if you have repented, if you've asked Jesus to forgive you, and then you just keep sitting there, and your sins, your past mistakes, your past failures keep coming to your mind. You're like, man, God's really just trying to, he's just trying to let me have it today. That's not God. He's not bringing up your past mistakes. He's not bringing up your past sins. He says, I blotted them out, and I'll never think of them again. The only way, if you've given it all to Jesus, and you're still thinking of all the rotten things he used to do, the only way that that's coming to your mind is if the devil is bringing up your past, trying to get you not focused on your future. But listen to me right now. Because of what Jesus did That was the old you. You are a new creation. You're not the same anymore. You're a brand new person. And so Jesus forgives, and then, thank God Almighty, he forgets. Now, some people, they may be giving it to Jesus, but they're still struggling with forgiveness issues. God's forgiven you if you've repented. Maybe other people have forgiven you but you have not forgiven yourself. Now that's a dangerous, sad trap to be in, and you need delivered today. April 4th, 2021, you need delivered from holding yourself captive to your own past. Because Jesus isn't doing that anymore. You're doing it to yourself. But thank God, because Jesus died, and then he rose again, you don't have to be held captive And a prisoner to your past anymore you can forgive yourself if jesus forgave you and today is that day can we give the lord some praise today give god some praise come on he paid a very expensive price for your freedom he paid a very expensive price to give you this gift of forgiveness You need to accept it. It's rude to not accept a very expensive gift from somebody. Am I right? (laughs) You need to accept that gift. Now, the second thing I'm going to talk about today is this. We're talking about things that we have been set free from. Number one, our past. Number two, fear. Number two, fear. And why do I say that? Because there is a pandemic that has gone on way longer than a year. And I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about a pandemic of fear. There are people that are controlled by fear. Now, listen, it is heightened. It's gotten a whole lot worse in the last 13 months. But absolutely, there is a pandemic of people controlled by fear. Well, not, not me. I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm not even talking about being afraid of getting sick. I'm talking about all sorts of different fears that the devil tries to throw at you. Now, as bad as the health pandemic has been, all right, you know, depending on some people think it's bad, some people don't, you know, you're, you're an American, do your own homework, feel how you want to feel about it. But listen, no matter what you feel on that, fear is a killer, and it will destroy you from the inside out. But it does not have to be that way anymore. And so I want to look at a few things here. Oh, man. We're going to look at Luke chapter 21, so flip over there. But, you know, it's been incredible to me how controlling fear is, how powerful fear has been in people's lives. You know, during this whole uh, the, the lockdowns we've seen and the pandemic, it's been insane how suicide rates have skyrocketed in the last year. And, and, you know, I, I, was, uh, I, I was reading an article uh, from the John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek, California. They said in July of last year that they had seen more deaths by suicide during the quarantine from that period than they had deaths from COVID-19. And I'm like, I saw this on ABC. I'm like, what? And in that's insane. I'm not hearing anything about this stuff. And, and, and then uh, one of the, the lead doctors there, Dr. Mike DeBoisbank, said, we've never seen numbers like this in such a short period of time. We've seen a year's worth of suicide attempts in the last four weeks alone. I'm like, this is insanity. I've done funerals this year for people that committed suicide because they just, the, the fear and the anxiety and the uncertainty is killing them. But it does not have to be that way we don't have to live in fear if we've got jesus and so jesus gave us you know thank god he warns us about the future do you know that jesus will tell you about things before they even happen sometimes and so this time period we live in as christians we refer to it as the end times now jesus fortunately gave us a long list of things to look out for before he comes back He's like, hey, before the end of the world, before this whole thing is shut down and wrapped up, you're going to see this, 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 and this happen. And he gives us this huge list in Matthew 24, Luke chapter 21. And in fact, in, in Luke 21, he said that there would be plagues and epidemics. Luke 21:11. right before the end of the world, there would be plagues and epidemics. And I'm like, Check. Got it. That happened in 2020. He said there would be these bizarre weather patterns. He said there would be wars and rumors of wars. And he said there would be racial tensions that would divide the races apart in Matthew chapter 24. There's so many things that he talked about. And boom, 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 boom. We're seeing them happen right now. 2020, 2021. You don't have to be that smart to realize something's going on here right now. But Luke chapter 21 and verse 26, he talks about something I had never really considered as being a sign of the end times before. He said that fear would be a powerful warning of the end of the world. Luke 21, verse 26 in the New Living Translation, it says, people will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth for the powers and the heavens will be shaken. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth. Would you say that people have been terrified at what they see coming upon the earth? I know people, and my heart breaks for them. They're terrified right now, whether it's of sickness or whether it's of war or of a financial collapse or whatever it is. They're terrified, and they won't even leave their house and I'm not making fun. That breaks my heart because Second Timothy 1, 1.7, one of the first Bible verses I ever learned, said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I can tell you this much. We've all been going through the storm over the last year. But praise God, we haven't all been in the same boat. I've been in the boat full of power, love, and a sound mind. I have not lost, amen. I haven't lost one second of sleep. I've never been healthier in my entire life. I haven't coughed in over two years, it seems like. Well, you're a bragger. I'm talking about when I saw things getting serious, I decided I'm going to take Jesus more serious than I've ever taken him in my entire life. Do I regret it now? I don't regret it one bit. I've never been better in my life. And it's not because I'm awesome. It's because Jesus is awesome. And the promises that he made to me, it turns out they're all true. None of them are a lie. I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got the provision I need. And it's all because of Jesus. Luke 21, verse 26 in the Passion Translation, it says, What men see coming to the earth will cause the fear of doom to grip their hearts. The fear of doom to grip their hearts. And I hate that because I hate fear because fear makes people do some really mean and nasty and bad, bad things. It makes, it makes people turn against their fellow brother, their fellow sister. And I mean, you, you, you hear that, oh man, there's a pandemic. I'll go buy all the toilet paper before all the old people can get to it. How kind of a loser does that? Listen, I'm oh, sorry if that was you. My bad. If that was you, I'm sorry. Listen, Fear makes people do stupid things, and it makes you look like a dummy. And that's what the devil wants to do. He controls people with fear. But listen, he doesn't have to control you anymore. You can be smart. You can be safe. You can be responsible. But you don't have to be controlled by fear anymore. Because Jesus came, and he broke the power of Satan over my mind over my body, over my spirit, and I don't have to live that way anymore. I am not afraid of what's going to happen next because of Jesus. Now, one thing I found out, the more I study about Jesus, I find out that basically, he tells me the exact opposite of everything that the rest of the world is telling me. The rest of the world's like, hey, be greedy, you better hoard this stuff. Jesus says, no, give. Go ahead and give. The rest of the world says, man, you better hate them, they're not like you. Jesus says, love them love your neighbor as yourself the rest of the world says be afraid fear and jesus shows up and says fear not for i am with you look at john chapter six john chapter six praise god i get excited on resurrection day man because i realize that the devil tried to kill me he tried his best but it wasn't enough jesus came through in the end amen When I was three and a half years old, I was diagnosed with leukemia. I went crippled, and I couldn't walk, and I was put into a children's hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana. But praise God, I didn't stay there. One night, I went to bed, and I had cancer in my blood, and I was dying. The next morning, I woke up, and I hadn't walked in a long time. I got up off of this hospital table, and I started running through the children's hospital. And they said, catch that kid. The doctors grabbed me, they put me on the table, they started drawing my blood out. They said, this, this kid doesn't have any cancer in his blood. There's no leukemia. And so, believe me, <laughs> I believe in Jesus. You're too late to tell me that Jesus isn't real. You're too late to tell me that Jesus doesn't heal. You're too late to tell me that God is not good. He saved my life. The doctor said, well, he's had all this chemo. He probably couldn't have kids at this point. Let me tell you, I got married at 19, and three years later, we said, let's have kids. We had four kids, boom, boom, boom in a row, and I give God all the glory. Amen. God has been so good to me. Amen. And so here's a story, John chapter 6. Now, maybe you've heard this story. This is Jesus. Him and the disciples, they were out, man, they were working full time. They were preaching. They were healing. They were, they were preaching the good news and setting people free. And so one night, the disciples get in the boat. They're getting ready to go across to the other side of the water. And Jesus is like, hey, you guys, just hold on. i got to go pray for a minute. And so John chapter 6, verse 16, it says, That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell... And Jesus still hadn't come back. They got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. And so they just couldn't wait. They had to take off. And let me just tell you right now, it's always a good idea to wait for Jesus, okay? Never set sail without Jesus. Well, he sure has taken a long time to answer this prayer. Just wait. You don't want to find out what happens if you don't wait, all right? And so they get impatient. They take off. And then verse 18, soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough they had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw jesus walking on the water toward the boat and they were terrified now i always heard this story and i'm like oh they were just out there a little bit and jesus they were three or four miles out at sea and here comes jesus the middle of the night Three or four miles, that's more than a lot of us walk in one day, all right? If you're doing your step count there, what is that, like 7,000 steps or something, that Jesus takes on the water, and there it's the middle of the night. Imagine this. The water's being tossed everywhere. There's rain coming down. The wind's blowing. You're like, what's going on? And then you see somebody walking on the water, and you're four miles from land. What is going on? They're terrified. They're like, what is this? Is this a ghost? But he called out to them, don't be afraid. Fear not. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat. Yeah, everyone's eager to let Jesus in the boat now. Now they're, oh, it's Jesus. Let him in. And immediately they arrived at their destination. So why am I telling that story? I'm telling that story because according to Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forever, the same Jesus that told the disciples in the middle of their storm, fear not, don't be afraid, I'm here now, that's the same Jesus that rose from the dead and is telling you right now in 2021, fear not. Why? I'm here now, everything's going to be okay, just let me into your boat, and let me give you a tip, it's a real good idea to let Jesus into your boat, really good idea, to let Jesus into the boat. And he's saying the same thing to you today. Don't be afraid. I am here. And you don't have to be afraid if you are relying on Jesus. Now there's some people, there. you know, bless their heart, they're not relying on Jesus. And they're full of fear and turmoil and anxiety. And let me tell you, that's a sad, awful way to live your life, man jesus has better that's not what he wants for you he wants you to have the joy of the lord he wants you to have the peace of god he wants you to know hey everything for me and my family is going to be all right because we belong to jesus and the third thing i'm going to say today is this what does jesus set us free from well number one ourselves all right and then number two fear and the third thing is this from satan Now, that's a broad thing to say right there. But listen to me. Jesus has set me free from Satan. And at this point, according to Luke 10, 18, as a born-again Christian, I have authority over all the works of the devil. And not just me. You do, too, if you've received Jesus. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, well, I I get what you're talking about, but I've got no issues with my past. Good. Good for you well, I'm here and I don't have any issues with fear. Good for you, but I'll tell you this right now. Every single human being ever has had issues with the devil, whether you know it or not. You think other people are your problem. Man, I hate that guy. I hate that girl. Man, listen, people aren't your problem. You need to open up your eyes and realize that there is a real enemy out there and it's the devil. But guess what? He does not have authority or control over me anymore because of what Jesus did. Amen? Give Jesus some praise today. In John 10.10, Jesus said that Satan, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. And so if you've been stolen from in your life, Jesus didn't steal from you. He's not a thief. The devil did. If you've had destruction and death in your life, Jesus didn't come and destroy in your life. He's not a destroyer. He's a healer. The devil did those things. But you need to realize that the moment that you give your life to Jesus, praise God, he does not have the authority over you anymore. Jesus does if you'll submit yourself to him. Now, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 that Satan is temporarily the God of this world. Now, people always say things like, well, if God's in charge of everything, then why'd this happen? Man, you better know that God is not in charge of everybody and everything in this world. He's not. If he was, he'd make every single person be nice. He would force you to go to church. He would force you to brush your teeth. He would he would force you to, you know, whatever. But listen, he's not forcing anybody. You, as a Christian, hey, You're under the control of Jesus if you choose to submit your life to him. There's two choices. And if you're not submitted to him, sadly, there's somebody else calling the shots in your life. Whether you agree with that or not, that's fine, man. I don't need you to agree with me to know I'm right. Listen, (laughs) I'm joking. But listen to me. Satan is a stealer. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. And Jesus is the exact opposite. Quit blaming stuff on him that he didn't do. He doesn't deserve that. He came to set you free. He came to heal you, not to make life worse on you. And so let me show you something here in 1 John 3, verse 8. 1 John 3, verse 8. So how did Satan become the god of this world? Well, back in the Garden of Eden, God created these two people, Adam and Eve, right? And he says, Adam... I'm going to put, man, you're, you're in charge of, of all this, the, the garden and this earth, man. You, you just manage this. You take care of it. You tend to the ground. You take care of things down here. And Adam's like, hey, got it. And then, of course, Satan shows up, right? He enters into this snake. One reason why I still hate snakes to this day, I don't trust them, man. But listen, and so Satan speaks to him and says, hey, hey, hey Eve, listen, if you'll just do what I say, man, you're going to be smart. You're going to know everything. You'll know the difference between good and evil. So Adam and Eve disobeyed the one rule they had. And by that one act of disobedience, they sold out their rights to this earth, man. And Satan took over. And it's been a lot of bad stuff ever since. So he's raging. He's doing what he can to screw your life over and, and to mess you up in every possible way. Because he knows that the day is coming when Jesus comes back. And takes his family up to heaven with him. And Satan has a short period of time after that to do what he wants to do. And he's getting locked away forever and ever and ever. But 1 John 3, 8, it says, But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has been sinning since the beginning. But look at this last line right here. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? Because he had nothing else to do? No jesus came say with me to destroy the works of the devil he came to destroy the works of the devil but how do you do that how did he do that the bible tells us that the very last enemy that will ever be defeated is this enemy called death everybody has to face it everybody whether they like that thought or not death is an enemy the scripture says that everybody has to face and so jesus in order to defeat satan in order to defeat this final enemy called death he had to become one of us because only only as a human being could he have a body to die in according to hebrews 2 14 and 15 he had to have a body he comes down here and says you know what someone's got, hey for all this bad for all this evil someone's gonna have to die for it and so jesus said hey i'll be that one And he came down here, man, and he took the most gruesome beating that we could ever even imagine. And in fact, I don't think we, none of us will ever fully understand the price that it took to set a guy like me free, to pay for my sins, to pay for your sins, but it was not a cheap price. There were no coupons. There were no discount codes on your phone. Somebody had to do it the rough, dirty, hard way, and Jesus paid that price. I want to take a minute here, and we're just going to watch a video as we kind of close things out for a minute to kind of remind us and show us of the price that was paid to give you another chance, the price that was paid so you could be healed, the price that was paid so you could go to heaven. This video should have been me. It should have been you. But Jesus said, no, I'll do it. I'll give my body. I'll take their punishment instead. Just give it to me. Amen. Let's take a minute as we remember what Jesus did on this wonderful Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Go ahead. right there is uh, man as i look at that you know i i'm not a real emotional guy but that makes me <laughs> makes me re-examine a lot of things in my life and one thing i realized as i look at that is that was voluntary right nobody forced jesus to do that we think well he had to i mean he he was god's son jesus said no one is stealing my life i'm doing this because i want to and As we study scripture, we realize that Jesus died right there. And so where was he on Friday night? Where was he all of Saturday up until sunrise on Sunday morning? Well, Acts 2.27 lets us know that he, his body was in the tomb, but his spirit descended into hell. And there was three days of warfare, three days of battle that went on between Jesus and Satan He went right into the bully's own neighborhood. He went right into his own backyard, outnumbered by Satan and all of his buddies and friends. And he said, I'm down here and I'm ready to fight for all those people up there. You can't have them anymore. I am once and for all going to pay the price for those guys. And he went down. There's three days of battle, three days of warfare. Jesus fighting the devil and his demons he was outnumbered but guess what Jesus became victorious he won the battle Colossians 2:15 puts it this way it says then Jesus in hell made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us and by the power of the cross Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Jesus wins this battle in hell. And he leads Satan and his demons through the streets of hell. And they, they didn't beat him. He was marching them around and saying, And this, let this be a lesson to everybody else that wants to mess with my people ever again. This is what happens when you mess with my people. That's a powerful thing to think about. And I'm like, man, but, but why did the perfect guy have to die for all of us screwed up people? Well, I, I, I heard a story. Uh, this, this old man was walking down the street, and, and he sees this, this little boy coming out of a, of a, of a pawn shop. And, and, and this kid, he, he has this bird, and, and he has this cage, and, and he's got this bird in and, and, and the cage. And, and the old man says, hey, where'd you get that bird? Well, I, I caught this stupid thing down at the park, and I got him in this cage. Well, what are you going to do with him? I don't know. I'm going to torture him for a little while. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw some stuff at him. I'm just going to mess with him. I'm going to shake the cage and see what he does. I'm going to I don't know. I'm just going to torture him. Then I'll probably just kill him and let him go. And the old man says, how much do you want for the bird? And the kid says, this thing, it's, it's worthless. <laughs> I don't want it for the bird. The man said, I'll give you $100 for the bird right now. Just give him to me. And the kid says, he's not worth $1. You're going to give me 100 That's okay. I'll pay whatever it takes. Just give me the bird. And so the old man buys the bird and the cage from the little kid. He takes off down the street. The old man opens it up and instantly lets him go. He paid a super expensive price for something, someone that wasn't worth it at all. Why? Because he wanted to set that living thing free. And I'm telling you right now, i was not worth the price that jesus paid for me i wasn't i mean i wasn't worth that you weren't worth that but jesus paid the price anyway because he said you know what i don't care if this isn't the deal of the day it's worth it she's got to be set free she is living in bondage she can't live that way anymore He can't live that way anymore. I have got to set them free. And the only way to do it is to pay the most expensive price because nothing else will do. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. I've heard it put this way. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. And I owed a debt that I could not pay. But Jesus came anyway and paid the price for me. And because of that, I'm going to heaven. I am assured of this. But I also don't have to be held captive by fear, by my past mistakes and sins. And I don't have to be held captive by Satan any longer. When he comes knocking on my door, I say, in the name of Jesus, you get away from this house. You can't have me. You can't have my wife. You can't have my kids. You can't have my church. You can't have my city. You can't have my health. You can't have my finances. Go in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name i'm going to ask us to stand up together today could we do that i pray in the name of jesus that we've brought you some hope and some healing today and so jesus he was down in hell he fought that battle but in revelation 118 jesus shows up and he says this i am he who lives and was dead and behold I'm alive forevermore. I'm not ever dying again. And amen. And I have the keys of Hades or of hell and of death. Death has been defeated because of Jesus. As a Christian, I don't have to fear death any longer. I don't have to fear hell any longer. I don't have to fear the future any longer. Jesus has the keys to all of it right there. And let me tell you what, man. I've given my life to Him, and I am never looking back. It is, he's changed it too much. He's healed me of cancer. He's healed me of too much to ever go back to that past life. I don't. No, thank you. I've been there and done that, and I don't want it. I want Jesus. And so I'm going to ask Josh here to lead us in a song for a minute. And and uh, I want I know God's speaking to you. It's written all over your face. All right, it's, God's speaking to some of you right now. Listen. We're going to sing a song for a minute, and I want you to talk to him. Well, I don't know how to do that. Just talk to him, man. Listen, he's real. He's a friend. He's a brother. He wants to be there for you. Give him a minute as we sing this song. And I believe that God's doing a work on the inside of you that maybe we can't see on the outside, but he's speaking to your heart. Let's take a minute and worship him today.
5: I'm forgiven. You in all I do, I honor you. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. It's my joy to honor you.
1: In all I do, I honor you. Amen. Well, I'm challenging you today to make a decision about your relationship with Jesus. Listen, things are crazy out there right now. And according to scripture, it's probably going to get a whole lot crazier. Before it gets a whole lot better. I'm not preaching fear. I'm just being honest. There's some crazy stuff that is going to happen in this world before this is all said and done. And I wouldn't want to face it without Jesus. Without having him in my boat with me. And I'm challenging you today. Uh, maybe you've had a relationship with God in the past and you kind of walked away. I'm not here to question you why. That, you know what? That's the past. All right? But I am here to challenge you that if you have walked away, why not let today, Resurrection Sunday, be the day that you say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm coming home. I'm sorry. Just take me back. I'm sorry. Just, let's just forget the past and give me another chance. I want to face life with you on my side. Or maybe you're here and you've just, you've never done the God thing. You've never done the Jesus thing. You've never had a relationship with Jesus. There's a lot of people in life that, you know what, I'm neutral on the God thing. There's a lot of things you can be neutral on, okay? You can be neutral on, you know, do you like your steak rare or do you like it well done? Who cares, all right? I don't care. But listen, your decision about Jesus is not something you can be neutral on. You have to make a choice at some point or another. And by not making a choice, you've made your choice. And your choice was no. And I'm not here to, you know, come at you like this, but I am here to plead and say, dear God, let Jesus in. Come on. We'll answer all the other stuff later. You've got questions. That's fine. I've got questions. We've all got questions. We'll, we'll get to those later. But today is the day to really finally get a relationship with Jesus. He'll work the rest of the stuff out later. But today's the day to submit. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer together. And, uh, and, and listen, as I lead us in this prayer, I want everybody to pray it. uh, Whether you, you know, whether you've prayed it a thousand times or not, listen, I I don't care about that. What I'm saying is this, we're going to pray together today. And if you want, because I don't believe in just praying for someone and saying, good luck, sayonara, hope you make it, you know, good luck. What I will do is I will take the next 30 days and I will hook you up with somebody from the church if you're a guy it'll be a guy if you're a girl it'll be a girl and they will take the next 30 days to text you a bible verse and devotion every day to pray for you if you want to talk they'll talk if you don't want to talk to them you know whatever but but they will take the next 30 days to mentor you and make sure that you're starting off on the right path and that's 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 our my gift to you that's the best i can do is to lead you to jesus and then surround you with the right people, I'm telling you right now, you will not regret it. Can we pray this together? Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Help me to live for you. Give me the strength. Give me the peace. Give me the joy. Set me free. I'm yours now. In Jesus name. Amen. Can we give God some praise today? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've got a really good friend named Jose. Jose, where are you at? There's Jose, alright? This is Jose. Jose going to go right back to our sound booth right there. And if you prayed that prayer, or if you're like, man, I need some of what you're talking about, please go see Jose. He's got a free little book I want to give to you. And also, he's going to take your name and number if you're willing. And I will hook you up with what we call a spiritual personal trainer. Some people, they'll take a personal trainer to get in shape all day long. But on the inside, they're a mess. We will whip you into shape on the inside. <laughs> In Jesus' name and get you on the right track, but you're gonna to have to work the rest of your body out on your own. Amen. I'm not, I'm not doing that. So, praise God. Well, who has been blessed today? Amen. Who's grateful that Jesus is alive? Hallelujah. The greatest day in the history of the world. Amen. Well, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna close this out in prayer. Parents, you can go get your kids over there. You gotta have that little sticker. And also, a few other quick announcements. Right outside the front doors there, we've got a photo booth area. If you'd like, we'll take a picture with one of our professional photographers for you. And, and, uh, and you know, if you want that, we'll get it over to you. Uh, but also, you can take a picture with your own phone. We've got photo frames and stuff. But just let people know that you went to church on Easter. You better let somebody know. Put it on your social media. That's fine. We want you to do that. And also, if you were here for the first time or first time in a long time today, you got that visitor card. If you would fill that out, take it right back there. Heather is in the yellow shirt. Take it to Heather. She has a gift card for you to a local uh, business, local restaurant. And she's going to give you a gift card there just to thank you for being with us. And we appreciate you so much. And, hey, if you came today and you're like, you know what? This wasn't so bad. I think I could be around these crazy people a little bit more. What I say is, hey, we may be crazy, but we're very happy. We're very happy. So if you liked it, come back, man. Join us. Uh, Be here Wednesday. Be here Sunday. Come back. We would love to have you be a part of this family. You can look us up on social media. We're pretty active on there, Instagram and Facebook, and uh, and stay in the loop. See what's going on. Amen? I want to pray over you today, and I want to release you. You have an awesome day with your family. Thank you for coming today. Jesus is alive. Amen. And we are free from anything that held us back up to this point. Amen. All right. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in the word of God today. And we thank you that Jesus did not stay dead. He came back to life and he set us free from everything that has held us back. Lord, I pray over every person here. May they be blessed. May their health be blessed. May their finances be blessed. May their marriages, their families, their children, their jobs be blessed. In the name of Jesus, I declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper. And they're going to have an awesome week this week. In the name of Jesus, no matter where it is they go, they are surrounded by the angels of God. We're living for you now. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 All right. Listen. If you gave your life to Jesus today or you came back to him, you go to the sound booth and see Jose. He's got a book for you, and I'm going to get a hold of you this week. And if you were here for the first time, see Heather in the yellow shirt. She's got a gift for you. Amen. We love you guys. Be blessed, and we'll see you next time. Come on back. Hallelujah.